RadioInfluence.com. This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. It is time for another interview edition of the MMA Report podcast. As you heard the announcer man say, I am Jason Floyd, and I have got four fighter interviews come up here on this edition of the show. You're going to hear from a man that's going to be a part of the first UFC card in January, UFC Vegas 67, on January 14th, as he is going to look to get a number next to his name. That is Damon Jackson, who is taking on Danny Ige. Had a chance to uh, catch up with Damon, talk to him about everything that has been going on with him, and uh, he tells a story about how uh, this matchup actually t- was put together between him and and Dan Ige. Then you're going to hear from a man who is coming off a split decision victory at LFA 148 at the beginning of this month, and it was the first time he has gone the distance in his pro career. That is Richie Miranda, who got the win over there against James Wilson. If you did not catch that fight and, and you have a UFC Fight Pass description, man, you got to go in and check that fight, man. That was a fun back-and-forth matchup, a lot of work on the ground, just a, a fun fight to watch. So here, uh, listen to my conversation with Richie, as he talks about his win, he's now 6-0 and in his pro career. Then you're going to hear from a man who is also now 6-0 in his career as he scored a, a TKO victory in the second round at Fury FC 72 earlier this month. That was Michael Aswell. I've had Michael on the show before. I uh, had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about his win against Cameron Graves in the second round, which uh, was nearly a, a, a victory in the first round where uh, he had rocked Cameron Graves there at the end of the round, just ran out of time, but then gets a victory there at the 16-second mark of the second round. So I spoke to Michael about that. And uh, one of the more interesting things that does come up in this interview is the fact that Michael spent some time at Glory, and he he brought up James. And I did ask a question of kind of what does his training future look like so hear what Michael has to say there. And then the final conversation you're going to hear is with Austin Green. Austin, a undefeated heavyweight fighter. He is now 5-0 in his career. He got a unanimous decision win there uh, at Fury FC 72. Is uh, capped off a 3-0, uh, 3-0 year in mixed martial arts. Also had two grappling matchups. He's a fire that trains out of the ATT gym there just outside the Atlanta, the Team Lima gym. So spoke to him about uh, that victory and kind of where he feels he, he, he fits in the uh, heavyweight prospects there on the regional scene. But of course, as always, appreciate you taking time out your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast before we get into the interviews do want to talk about something that came out here on wednesday uh right before christmas and that is the fact that espn plus is once again raising the cost of ufc pay-per-views as it is increasing to 79.99 in 2021 and uh you know when i, I saw the news i actually saw this news after myself and daniel had wrapped up the midweek edition of the show. This is a honest to God truth. I was like, son of a, yeah, you know what I was thinking because I looked at it from a consumer aspect because at the end of the day, we never like when there's 
a product that we consume or a product that we buy, no matter whether, you know, maybe it's a product with that we buy as a streaming platform, or it's a product we buy at like the grocery store or, or electronic store, or wherever it may be, we never like to see that price increase. And I think that was probably my first thought of it. And then of course, you know, I started looking into it and the fact of, you know, back in 2019, the cost of a UFC pay-per-view when they initially went to ESPN Plus was $59.99. A year later, it goes to $64.99. Then at the beginning of 2021, it goes to $69.99. And then last year, at the beginning of 2022, $74.99. And uh, I was texting with somebody, and I said, I go, man, you know the days of a $100 UFC pay-per-view are not that far away and uh it's going to be interesting to kind of see i mean i'm pretty sure uh, i'm accurate in saying this is that this is an espn plus decision this is not a ufc decision um because of kind of how that deal works out but it was just it was one of those things i saw it was just it was a bummer as a consumer i get why espn plus is doing it they look at the supply and the demand for a ufc pay-per-view but uh man i I will tell you as just someone who purchases essentially uh, every UFC pay-per-view unless I'm going out to a bar to watch them it, it was I you know just a consumer I was like damn man well, that's gonna cost me a little more and then I I put it up uh, on my my Twitter you may have seen this but I talked about uh the estimated cost of what it's going to be to be a UFC fan not even be an MMA fan just be a UFC fan in 2023 so typically the ufc does 13 pay-per-views a year so if you bought all 13 pay-per-views and you're a united states resident that would be a total cost of one thousand thirty nine dollars and 87 cents now that is before any taxes we of course uh you know you're gonna get taxed on that money and then of course a yearly subscription to espn plus is 99.99 which i will say this i think the espn plus yearly subscription is still a great deal based on everything you get not i mean even if you're just an mma fan i mean you you all the fight night the the contender series everything you get on there uh and along with all the other sports that are on there uh but it does make me wonder you know as someone who is in the bar industry it does make me wonder that will as the price continues to escalate up will it maybe draw more people to go out to the bar and i'll tell you this i love i I don't do it for every i do it probably a couple pay-per-views a year but i love going out and watching a ufc pay-per-view at a bar because it gives me a different view of how the sports fan views mixed martial arts as opposed to that view I'll get if I'm sitting at home and, and I've got my Twitter open, I'm kind of seeing how everything is going there. But, uh, you know, just primarily as a consumer, I was like, son of a, but look at the end of the day, I understand why ESPN plus is doing it. So let's get right into the interviews as up first, you're going to hear from Damon Jackson and it'll be Richie Miranda. Then it'll be Michael Aswell. And then the final conversation here is with Austin green. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is the man we're going to see back inside the Octagon here at the beginning of the year, January 14th, UFC Vegas 67. Damon, as always, man, uh, appreciate the time. Uh, is it a challenge to have a fight camp during the holiday season? No, nah, not really. I've been wrestling for, you know, forever. So it's like, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I never really got into the eating part of it because of that. But honestly, I just don't enjoy the food. There's, there's nothing that it gets me overexcited. You know, like my wife makes some like uh, something like monkey bread or something like that. And that's that's really good. But I could even have a little bit of that if I wanted to. But I honestly, I just don't really get into the eating part. Like food is just kind of like 
I'm not a big fan of. There's only the only food I like is donuts that I like that I crave. That's bad is like uh, donuts and uh, cheeseburger. Do you have to stay away from that during training camp? Oh yeah, I don't have it until after my fight. I don't have like uh, control. Like I don't have issues with my control and like mm-hmm. stuff. Like it doesn't. Food doesn't. I don't even think about it because uh, a lot of it's from wrestling. But then like I've just been. I chose to like start eating super clean. Like from my freshman year of high school, I started eating like stupid clean. And uh, so ever since, like I don't even. I had some this girl that I was dating. She like she dared me. She was like, "You, I bet you won't eat. Uh, you'll never eat fried chicken for the rest of the year." And I was like, I'll never eat fried chicken again for the rest of my life. And then ever since then, it's just kind of stuck with me is uh, I just eat clean. And um, that's, I mean, I enjoy, like, I enjoy food, but it has to be clean food. I don't like, you know, nasty food. You know, I thought it was, you know, this fight booking here at Danny is kind of interesting because I was going through your your Instagram and there was a point where you were like, yeah, this fight's not booked. Like, so I guess because someone had reported and you're like, no, but then ultimately this fight does get booked. No, because uh, so me and Dan, we were trying to get this done in December or like, you know, in, in uh, November. Like we we like as soon as my fight was over, I hit up I hit up Dan, Alex Caceres, Julian Rosa, uh, Sadiq and uh, and I told Bryce Mitchell I would fight him if he needed someone to step in, you know. So because I, I wasn't trying to get that fight. I just was trying to step in because whatever was going on. Um but uh, so I hit up everybody, and the only person that responded to me was Dan Inge. Or well, Julian, Julian Rosa responded, but he was like, "Oh, I got matched up with Alice Conceres." So then uh, Dan hit me up too, and he was like, "He's like, yeah, man, you've been killing it. Uh, you definitely deserve a shot at top 15." And uh, he was like, "Let's try to get it in uh, one more in this year." And so um, we, I, I went to, I went straight to Jason and was like, "Hey, you know, Dan wants to fight. I want the fight." And he went straight to Sean and. Um, you know, the fight got made, but we were trying to get it in December, but they put us on the first week of January. So, um, I was trying to get one more in that, that to get four, four wins in last year. It would have been cool. But, uh, um, so, you know, just got to hit it, hit it heavy this year and, um, you know, get past Dan. That's, that's the focus right now is getting past Dan. Like, as you think about what you have to do to get past Dan, is there, is there something that immediately sticks out to you about how you get the victory? Uh, I would say outboxing, but he's got some good boxing. I would say, uh, you know, out jujitsu him, but he's got pretty freaking solid jujitsu defense. And uh, and then I would say the whole heart thing. That dude's got heart for days. So um, it's going to be a fight, man. It's going to be, um, you know, the better man that night's going to win. And it's going to be a toss-up. It's, uh, you know, my training is maxed out right now. I'm just doing everything possible that I can, that, that I know I have to do. And you know, and more. And I've uh, my diet's perfect right now. Like my weight's great. Um, my mindset's you know through the roof. So um, you know, I'm about as ready as I could possibly be right now. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Dan Ega, I think one of the fights that really, when you talk about you know toughness, hard, tough SOP, yeah. I think about the Calvin Cater yeah. fight. Like that's that's a fight yep. that really comes to my mind of just you know is that one of those mindsets of like man like. This could be one of these guys. I know that it's going to be tough to get him out of there. This may be a fifteen-minute you know war. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I'm prepared for that every fight. You know, like I'm always looking for finishes. So if someone gives me their back or they give me something, I'm going to take it. Like the last fight, I would never expected that to like 
land a front kick and that'd be the end of the fight. I throw that front kick all the time and I land it all the time in practice. But like um, to have it happen inside the cage like that and to get a finish like that, like I'm just looking for finishes. I don't care how it comes. And to think that, uh, you know, I could be in there for 15 minutes, you know, I'm prepared for that every single fight. And I think that this is the fight that uh, it could put me in that position where it's a 15 minute war. Yeah, and obviously getting a number next to your name is a big part of this. Um, like, as you think mm -hmm. of, you know, is that pretty much you know, like you feel like, man, th this is truly the fight that gets you there? Yeah, I mean, there's no way it wouldn't. I mean, um, and a win and a finish over him, that would that'd be a different story. But a, a win over him definitely gets me in the top 15. Um, I think a win and a finish gets me in the top 10. I think that, uh, you know, the guys that he's fought, if he can't, he can't finish him and – He's fought, you know, these guys like, you know, Edson, Edson, Calvin Cater, Emmett, uh, Mozart. Like, I mean, he just a Korean zombie. Like, if these guys can't finish him and I can, then, you know, like, I'm like, test me again. Put me up against someone else. I mean, you've been on a roll. I mean, four in a row, six of your last seven. I, do you kind of feel like yeah. people have been underestimating you? I don't know. I don't really think a whole lot about it because I have something going on. I mean, my girls and stuff. I don't really sit around and think a whole lot about it. Just like when I get a fight, I'm amped up and I'm ready for that fight. And I don't look past that one fight and I don't look past any of it because, and especially not with Dan, I definitely don't. Um, but I don't really think a whole lot about what people think of me anymore. It's kind of like, it's kind of childish because like I don't really have control over that. All I can do is, you know, just be me and go out there and, and do what I do. And, um, you know, people like it, whatever. That's cool. If they don't, then it's cool, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I enjoy uh, getting the support and seeing everybody's, like, uh, messages and comments and stuff, and people tag me in it. And then I coach middle school wrestling for Rockwall, so I have two middle schools that I work with all the kids there, and I get the energy from those kids coming to me, and they're like, you know, they're like, I saw you on TV or I saw you on YouTube or whatever. So, like, for me, I can't really um, – do a whole lot to like uh i would never want that to be portrayed as that guy that talks smack and that um has to say all these things like that i'd rather just back it up in the cage and i don't really think a whole lot about um what people think and i i, I definitely enjoy it i know when i have a good performance and i know when i have a bad performance so when i have a good one and i get all the support it's like the coolest thing and of course, anyone who goes on your Instagram talk about you know coaching wrestling, I saw you had some pictures with with your daughter, what she's doing in wrestling. So yeah. are are you more nervous watching her compete than you actually are when you're inside the UFC oh, octagon? Yeah, yeah, because I have control over that. Like you know, like I I know I'm working hard. I know I'm doing this. I know where my mindset is. So like when I see her and I see her like uh, looking at the bracket, or I see her looking at her opponent, and I see her at practice and she has a question and she's not asking me and like i just sit there and think in my head like how what can i say to like help her out or what should i not say or what should i do to to show her whatever and i think that um if i just work hard and i you know i bust my ass in the gym and i'm in there like you know doing the right technique and i'm showing her stuff she's gonna eventually just take on and she's gonna realize like you know, like hard work pays off because I was not anywhere close to the athlete that she is. Like, she's so much more of an athlete than me. It's like not even funny. Like, she's like she makes the A team. You know, basketball, volleyball. Like, she she made the A team last year in, in basketball, and she told the coach. She said, "Hey, um, 
I got to leave 20 minutes early every uh, every Tuesday and Thursday for wrestling. And the basketball coach said, well, you're going to have to figure that out real quick because uh, she made the A-team. And uh, so she goes to practice. She goes to wrestling practice one day, and then she never went back to basketball because she was like, I'm not going to have, you know, she's like she wanted to go all in on wrestling. And she was she was willing to go to basketball practice at 630 in the morning, uh, go to basketball practice after school, and then go to wrestling after both of wow. those practices. And uh, the coach had an issue with it. She was like, well, if you have a problem, I'll just wrestle, you know. So she chose to wrestle last year, and she, she went 16-1. and one. She only lost uh, one match in the state finals. Uh, triple overtime, she lost 2-1. to one. So the kid's uh, mentally driven, and she's focused, and she's such an athlete. And uh, it gets me amped up every time. You know, I'm getting amped up right now, and I think about all the kids that I have that I'm working with, and um, just thinking about all the opportunities that they're going to have. It's just so cool. Because that's when I made my decision. I made it in the seventh grade. I was like, I want to be in the UFC. I want to go to college. I want to All-American. I want to go to school. And then I want to fight. And that's that's been my goal since I was in seventh grade. And that's what I'm doing right now. So it's cool to watch them um, in the same spot that I was, you know, years ago. Like when you think about your athletic mentality, do you see that in her? Like, are you like, oh, man, she's got that she's gene 10X. in her. <laughs> she's 10X, man. Her, her her mama like my wife man she's a freaking beast volleyball player and just such an awesome athlete like with track basketball volleyball she was a great athlete that's how we met watching her uh watching her compete is like it makes me so nervous but then i get like amped up because i show her something and then she goes out there and does it and it's like the coolest thing in the world but uh yeah man my wife was an athlete she was the one that was well-rounded athlete and uh, she definitely got her genetics, and I think she got my mindset. So hopefully, it all meshes up well. Do Do you think your your wife is more uh, nervous watching your daughter than she is watching you? Uh, I would say it's pretty damn close because uh, it's funny because she does the same stuff. Like whenever I used to wrestle in college, and she would go to all my tournaments, and um, you know, she'd be right there in the stands with Jocelyn. Like Jocelyn was a little baby then. And uh, she'd be up there. She'd be nervous wreck. You know, I'd be getting close to the finals. And, um, you know, if I lost the match, she'd be like, well, why'd you do this? Or like, whatever. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I slipped up or whatever. But uh, she she gets very nervous. But she, I think it settles her down when she sees, like, how hard I'm working and how hard Jocelyn's working and stuff. It, I think it helps her a lot to see that. And, uh, you know, it's definitely it's funny to watch her. Uh, up in the stands and listen to her. Uh, those rest, wrestling moms are the funniest freaking parents ever. They're because they, I swear to God, if you got two wrestling moms together at a tournament, they would scrap every time. <laughs> like they, it's like I gotta tell them to calm. Like, hey, hey, stop, stop, calm down. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, as you think about for you in 2023, obviously becoming, you know, ranked in the top 15 is clearly one of the goals. Will be, but are some other goals that you've already set for yourself? Uh, I'm opening my own gym, you know, so I'm going to do another forest location. Um, I had to put that on the back burner until this fight, just because I was like, man, it's just too much to like do everything since my last fight, I was going to open it. And, um, you know, just opening a gym, getting it going and then doing all that stuff. Like I need full focus on that. And so, um, I would like to have that done before my next fight. So here in the next, you know, like month or so, as soon as the fight's over, I want to have that going. And then, um, you know, besides that, like I'm looking to get, you know, one more fight in before summer. You know, I want to get at least one more in. So mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, 
uh, May, you know, April or May, they're coming back around Texas or somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to fight somewhere where there's, some, you know, a lot of fans. I miss yeah. seeing the fans because I get, I get so much support now. It's cool to, um, people all across the, the world hit me up and say stuff to me. I'm like, man, it's so cool. Like, it's such a cool sport, cool opportunity. Um, you know, it's just everything about it's cool. Is, is that one of those things of like when you see like a pay-per-view in front of an audience or the rare fight night card that has an audience, you're just like, damn, I missed that. Yeah, no, it's always, it's, I, I think maybe I, I always rush my fights. I always try to like get a fight quick and I want to get on a card. I like, I'm like, you know, give me on a card, give me somebody. I don't care who it is, <laughs> but give me on a card. And then like, they give me on a fight night because that's like, you know, that that's the only thing that's open at the time or whatever. So maybe if I waited longer, I could get something. But I, at the end of the day, I really don't care. Like my wife goes to every fight. And, you know, if I have, you know, one of those familiar voices in the stands, like, you know, I'm good to go after the fight. I see all my friend, my family and my friends after the fights. And, uh, you know, during the fight, I'm like super engaged. So it's hard for me to hear anything besides my coach. You know, that's about it. But, um, you know, I'm definitely ready for some fans, man. Yeah, awesome. I want to do. I want to like. I want to jump up on the cage and be able to do a shoey or do something like something. You know, <laughs> get everybody amped up. You know. Okay, I, I couldn't do the shoey, man. I couldn't do the shoey. Hey, <laughs> you, if you go, like, if you go I, like I, six, I, eight weeks. I mean, without look, drinking if, or without doing anything, you do a shoey. If someone just wants to throw me a beer, I can chug it out of the, out of the, the can or the glass. Okay. It's the yeah. whole, okay, is the shoe brand new? And also, here's why. Look, I love Tatu Avasa. I love him. I think he's, he's great. I don't understand why you need to spit in it. That That's the part that, I, well, there's a lot of parts that, that are confused me about it. But it's like, why do you have to spit in it? Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe he fakes it. Maybe he doesn't really spit. I don't know. Look, I, I've always said, if... You're a beer vendor at a UFC event where Tatu Avas is working. You just need to like time it out where you got a full cart of beer and go as close to the, the cage as you can because you know people are going to start buying beers so they can give it oh, to them. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. No, they, 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 I'm sure they do well in his, his fight nights and stuff. Oh, I'm sure he does well. Oh, I'm sure. I, it's one of these things of like, like, damn, how many beers is he going to drink before he hits the back? Yeah, no joke. I mean, it's it's pretty funny, but uh, no, I haven't got that luxury yet. Cause at the apex, it's cool, and they 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 get drinks and they get food, but the crowd's always a lot calmer. There's not a yeah. lot of those, uh, you know, just the crazy crazy fans. I want to see that fight, or I want to see that, you know. It's 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 a different kind of audience. <laughs> different <laughs> energy, man. It's like a uh, different energy all day, man. It's just so, uh, you know, good or bad. It's like you know, you hear it all. It's a different energy for sure. I, I think the weird thing is just when these moments of, of when it's just like dead silence. Yeah. No, it's like, no, you, you talk like, so like, yeah, you get in a, say you're in a street fight. You're not going to hear anything because there's cars around or there's yeah. something like that. And then like, if you were to get like in a mall, you're going to hear a noise there. But like when you're in the cage in there, I mean, it is dead silent at times you hear the jab you hear you hear your you hear the bottom of someone's foot uh scraping the canvas you hear like uh you know you hear their breathing like crazy like you can time the chokes a little better on their breathing so you hear someone breathing out you want to choke them a little harder uh you can hear that you hear the other coaches game plan you hear um you know you can hear you can feel the little bit of energy from 
the person's fans that are there, you hear them like kind of panic and you know that you're about to finish the fight. Like you hear them say like, come on, Jesse or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got it. I'm finishing this fight, <laughs> you know? So it's different. There's pros and cons to both, but I've been there for uh, seven, seven or eight fights now. So like, I'm just ready to uh, get around, you know, a big, big group of people. So. So we get to see us fight here January 14th, UFC Vegas 67. Damon, as always, man, I appreciate time. Of course, uh, let me know that you can find you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Yeah, man, uh, just I appreciate everybody's support. I really do. It's cool to have people hit me up and tell me that they're watching the fights and stuff like that. So it's cool. If you guys want to hit me up, it's uh, Damon B. Jackson on everything. Uh, I don't really do a whole lot on there, but uh, definitely, you know, if you want to get me, get me on there, follow me on there, it's, it's on there. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who is coming off a victory, LFA 148. And uh, if you did not see this fight, you need to go over to UFC Fight Pass because especially if you love the ground aspect of this game, just all the groundwork that was going on in this fight, it was one of those things of, I, I agree with Gilbert Melinda in this fight. Glad I'm not a judge. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was it was uh, crazy back and forth, but I knew um, I was getting any opportunity I can to strike or throw a submission. That's what I was trying to do, you know. So in my eyes, I knew I um, I was doing uh, enough to uh, keep up on the scorecards. When the score when the scores read, first one's 30-27 for you. Second yeah, yeah. one, second one's 29-28 for your opponent. What, what's going through your mind at that point? Okay, so, yeah, um, they said third turn and I was like, all right, yeah. Well, before that, no, coach told me he made sure he's like, yo, you got this, you know. But after they were reading the scorecards, yeah, I was like, all right, this one's for me. 29, 28, I was like, all right, it could be for him, but I was like hoping it's mine. And then once I heard the third one, and it was also a 30-27, I just, I just knew already. You know, it, it, right before the, the scores were read, they, they start showing the stats of the fight. And, you know, really what sticks out is, is how active you were with your strikes on the ground. 128 strikes, which is a ton of strikes to land in a three-round fight. But to me, the thing that's most impressive about the strike count is the fact that you landed 81% of yeah, your strikes. Um, strikes, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like, is is that the type you were a fight you were expecting out of your opponent? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I watched a little bit of film that I could watch and then, uh, pretty much he wouldn't really, uh, he just looks to, to take you down and hold you, you know, he doesn't look to finish. He doesn't look to, uh, posture up and punch or threaten with the submission. So I knew that, um, I just had a strike from every, in, any angle I could, you know, whether it be on my back, from my guard, you know, from the top, of course, trying to finish the fight. But, um, yeah, you know, always looking to to, to score, and then I, I hit a couple of back elbows in, in the last transition. Yeah, <laughs> those are pretty. <laughs> and I mean, and, and you were not discriminating against going for various submissions here. We we had we had a rear naked choke where you're on his back. You worked down to his ankle. You got an inverted triangle choke going on in here. Like as you went back and you look at the fight and you look at some of these submission attempts that you had, is, is there mm-hmm. one attempt that you're just like, damn, it was that close? Um. Let me see. Uh, triangle. Well, we were pretty slippery, low key. So, like anything I threw, like the arm bar was there, but then I slipped out right away. But honestly, maybe the knee bar, just because I was in that position more. So mm-hmm. if I could have just threw my hips up a little more, I would have. I could have able to, to. And it's a knee bar finish, you know. It's it's something I've always wanted to, to get in a fight. Yeah. So for sure that one. 
And of course, it's the first time you go on 15 minutes in a pro fight. Um, I mean, I know, I know the mindset is always, hey, let, let's get out of here quickly. Let's get the finish, all that. But was there a part of you that's like, you know what? I, I want to get this 15 minute battle in now before, you know, you, you take the next steps in your career. I mean, uh, no, because I, I don't get paid by the hour, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm always trying to in, get in there and get a finish. But um no, it was uh, it was great. I mean, in my amateurs, I went a couple, couple finishes, and then I went to a couple of decisions. You know, of course, unanimous. But yeah, it was great experience to get these full fifteen minutes and display my striking. You know, my striking was was uh, doing doing uh, controlling a lot of the fight. Mm-hmm. Was striking something that you know in the preparations for this one was just kind of a a. a- a key of emphasis for you that that it was like hey you know what i, I want to show the the wide range of my game yeah no definitely uh it's always for me is the trouble has been uh managing my distance so i definitely show that i could do this fight but um no i've been i've been uh since my first amateur loss i uh, started working with my boxing coach and then of course <coughs> excuse me with my head coach ben jones always his aspect of striking but uh I, really emphasized on, on just learning boxing from the beginning, you know, from, from the stance, throwing uh, the correct jab, you know, um, and then just uh, being able to just have that fight IQ as well, you know. So, um, but definitely was was uh, to stand up, to, to hit him with my strikes and then wrestle when, whenever we knew we were going to go uh, to the ground. You know, I was over on your Instagram and a uh, thing that really stuck out to me was in your bio where you had this quote, you says, you don't win, you just dominate. A couple of years now, it's, it's been up there. Mm-hmm. Is that just, was that just a quote that, was it a coach who said that quote to you? Maybe something you saw in a book online? Where, where did that quote kind of originate from? I think I just uh, found it online and it just stuck stuck to me, you know? And uh, yeah, it's it's been on there, and yeah, that's pretty much my my uh, my mindset. You know, every time, just as long as you're dominating, you, you're gonna win. You know, so like as you think about where you were when you made your pro debut almost two years ago, to yeah. where you're at now, how much you mentioned about that quote kind of describes your mindset. But has your mindset of how you view the fight game changed since you turned pro? Um. A little, I mean, just being more professional and everything, but um, no, not the same. You know, I do this every day, you know, so like uh, coach tells us like we fight every day, fight night, we kill. So uh, that's what I live for, you know, so, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's still the same, same goals in mind and uh, yeah, just, just keep on working hard and yeah, take it one fight at a time. Mm-hmm. So how, how quickly were you back in the gym after the fight on the ninth? Um, so I got kind of sick. So uh, I went back uh, yesterday and I grappled and then I, I was there today. I just got home from there. Um, I did a, we did a couple rounds of sparring, MMA sparring. So it, it was good. It was good to be back, uh, back with my team. How often do you spar when you're in camp? Uh, twice a week. So that's, uh, or three times sometimes if we do boxing. Um, but yeah, two to three times a week. Yeah. I you know, obviously this is mixed martial arts and, you know, a word that you hear is, is blending, you know? And so obviously when you're in that training room, maybe maybe one day you're working on something, how how do you make sure you're blending everything into your, your full training? Um, well, uh, I owe a lot to my coach, you know, cause, uh, just his system, the way that he does, um, we work on everything, you know? So, um, but in my head, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, uh, use my fight IQ, and fight everybody my style, you know, which is being long range, wrestle when I can, 
you know, and, and, and finish them. I mean, we try to finish each other in the gym, you know, like whether it be by a body shot or like, uh, or just a submission, you know, of course, no knockouts, stuff like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we try to uh, emulate the fight as much as possible every time we spar, you know, and then before the fight, we have a pressure test and uh, pretty much just fight three of my teammates, you know, like a whole fight. So mm-hmm. that definitely gets, gets me ready for, for the fight. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, this winning is James Wilson, did, did James surprise you at all? Uh, yeah, a little, you know, um, but not so much because, like I said, from the from the film I've seen, um, he pretty much did the same. But uh, I, the thing that did surprise me that he was actually down to, to, to box, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that one of those things of maybe not just with this fight, but in general where you're in there and you kind of start to have that mindset of like, oh, man, didn't, th- didn't, didn't think this was going to fall out, come out this way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but it was going go, going great in my favor, you know, yeah. because once once like uh, this fight went pretty slow for me, um, I can really remember a lot. And um, yeah, I just knew every time I was tagging him, like he was just backing out. And then my pressure was just keeping him tired, you know, like after that first round, he you look gassed, you know, and, and I learned that from film too. But, um, yeah, no, I was surprised he was down to throw hands and then, uh, but I was getting the better of it. You know, I, I can see it in his eyes. He didn't, he didn't want to, because once I hit him a couple of times, he, he tried to wrestle and I stuffed, stuffed some shots and then, um, yeah, took, took it, took the fight where I, wherever I had to, you know, but we got so sweaty that, uh, when I would try to finish him with chokes or, or taking his back, I, I would slip off. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the fight was slowing down for you. Is that a is that a normal thing, or is was this kind of one of those first instances where you felt it was slowing down for you? Um, no, it definitely uh, slowed down in there. Like uh, like this, my fight before this, uh, I got a uh, because I know you interviewed me yeah. after the Dixon, but uh, this last one, like it happened so fast, like. Um, um, and I do remember some of it, but like it just happened so fast, you know. And this this fight, I was able to to adjust to um, um, and just figure out uh, to come out out on top. Mm-hmm. In terms of kind of as, as you now looked ahead to twenty twenty three, have you started setting some goals for yourself of what you want to accomplish? Uh, no, not yet. But um, before the the end of the year, I always write down my goals, and uh, I also uh, give them to my coach. But um, definitely uh, a lot of checklists for this year, you know. Uh, I got I got to check off a bunch of them. Um, but uh, going into 2023, uh, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on that UFC radar. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for that short notice call. So um, talk to my management and when good, good, uh, good things happening. So just putting it out there and, you know, hopefully it happens. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just lo- looking to get in there and make some noise in there, you know, and uh, – my Chetta style comes to, to to fight and finish, and that, that's what I'm ready to show the world. So you, since you said you had a checklist for 2022, what was yeah. on that checklist? Uh, stay undefeated, um, finish fights violently, you know, whether it be TKO's uh, submission, um, just get better as a world-rounder fighter, you know. Um, one of them was to get the LFA belt, um, but I, I didn't get that mm-hmm. one yet. But it might come in 2023. We'll see. But um, um, yeah, uh, for the most part, those were the most important ones, you know, and uh, I got to check those off. I mean, yeah. you talk about evolving as a martial artist. Like, as you yeah. think about where you were back 12 months ago and, and to where you're at now, is there something that sticks out that you see in yourself 
about how you've evolved? Uh, definitely confidence, you know, Confid- conf- more confidence in uh, all the weapons and, and tools that I have in, in my arsenal. And uh, yeah, just, just displaying them out there pretty much. And, and this last one was my boxing for sure. You know, I, I really uh, trusted my hands this time. And if I trust them a little bit more, <laughs> we could have we got a, a, a KO finish, I believe. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this upcoming year. You know, I think from the outside looking in, I think people who who take in combat sports, they they think confidence is not an issue for a fighter. Is it for you? Is it more about trust your your brain trusting what you know you can do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe so. You know, but um, like I said, I do this every day. So like, by the time um it's time to go in there and, and fight, it's just like my mentality is just to go in there and kill. So. Um, yeah, wherever the fight goes, you know, I, I know I got the tools to, to come out on top, you know, or at least get close on the scorecards like I did this last time. <laughs> so obviously since you, you, you don't have a fight right now, booked during, during the holiday season, are, are, are we indulging in the family home uh, recipes? Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been eating pretty good, but I, like I said, I got sick as a dog and I, I was out for like a good, uh, four or five days, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I had Korean barbecue yesterday, so I, I stuffed my face. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what we get into today. <laughs> Is that one of those things, like, once we hit, like, next week, you're like, all right, I got I to gotta get on the scale and I got to see where I'm at? Uh, no, not really, but um, I'm probably, like, 180 at the most, so not mm-hmm. not too crazy. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't want to weigh myself right now, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we get a, a couple of healthy meals in there, you know? I, I know I've talked to heavyweights about this and they'll talk about like, um, even, like even if they're cutting weight, they'll say, you know what? I, they feel like there's a sweet spot. They want to be in, in terms of training for you, you know, being at 55, do, is there like a sweet spot that you like to be in, in terms of weight during a training camp? Uh, yeah, around like uh 175, 170 ish, you know, that's not, that's not, um, I diet down. So yeah, right now, if I get pretty big, uh, I think this last fight, I was like up to like, 188 and i got on and i was like dude no you gotta chill <laughs> it's close to 190 you know but um um yeah i try to stay around that 70 uh 75 range you know 20 15 pounds and then slowly it, it comes starts starts coming down yeah i remember i had a, a lightweight fighter so he goes yeah I, I usually walk around about 190 i'm like holy cow man you were dropping a ton of weight <laughs> to get down to 55 that's that's me at, uh like fat you know so it, once I start eating good, it, it comes mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of, uh, do you have a timeline for when you like to get back in there? Uh, like I said, uh, hopefully February, March. So that's that's what I'm uh, looking at. Yep, I'm all, I'll be uh, back in. Uh, I think we get a week off next week, but after that, you know, it's 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 full go again. Yep. We look forward to seeing when we see you back inside competition there, whether it's an LFA or if it's somewhere else, maybe a, another three-letter uh, organization. Yeah. But, Richie, man, I appreciate the time. Of course, uh, let me know they can find you on social media and, of course, those sponsors that have been helping you out, man. For sure. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me at uh, L underscore Machete714 on Instagram and Twitter. And then Richie Rand on Facebook. Um, yeah, no, um, I want to give a shout-out to my head coach, you know, um, all the work we've been putting in, uh, we're about to get a new home. So excited, excited for that, you know, for, for, uh, for the whole team and for him. And, uh, yeah, my sponsors, you know, uh, twin J transportation, Scott Johnson. Uh, we got, uh, handy Manny's, um, we got Primo's auto repair, 
uh, Van Dorn Nutrition, uh, and then my other two coaches, uh, Roy Ball Boxing, and uh, my coach Dale, and then uh, Coach Mike, and then um, what was I gonna say uh, Chivas, uh, Chivas Farm Market, one more, and then uh, yeah, appreciate all you guys, you know, um, and uh, yeah, get ready, my chat is coming, twenty twenty three, it's chopping time. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who is coming off a second-round stoppage victory there, 16 seconds into the second round, Michael. Congratulations on the victory. It's been, uh, we, we talked about, about at the beginning of the year prior to that fight at Fury 57. Well, I was going back and watching your fight uh, last Sunday. The thing that, that stuck out to me was the end of the first round. You clip him good up against the fence, and, and he was hurt. When you go back to the corner, because, I mean, it, it's one of those situations of maybe there's 10, 15 more seconds after the round, the fight doesn't get to the second round. Is that one yeah. of those situations where you go back to the corner and you're like, all right, I got this guy. I need to go balls to the wall right here at the start and, and see how much he's recovered? Yeah. I mean, right at the end of that round, I hit him with a couple of shots. I hit him with a body shot that he didn't really like. And then I, on the fence, I hit him too. And I hit him kind of like grunt. He was like, mm, or oh. You know, and I was like, "Oh, that, uh-uh, don't do that. that. That gets me going." You know, I'm like, "Oh, that one hurt him." And so, kind of that into the first round, that was kind of our game plan. Really, was to put him on the fence and then work him into clinch and work punches off. You know, off the fence. That was the game plan because I knew that watching his film that he didn't really like being pressured. So I was doing a good job of pressuring him throughout the fight, but I needed to pressure him a little more and keep him on the fence where he wasn't able to use his length and his distance. So as soon as I get back to, to the corner, um, Leo Mana, he was, he was my, uh, my, my corner. He was like, just like that. He's like, you broke him. He's like, just like we said, do the same thing. He's like, that's what I want to see. Second round, same thing, like pressure him. And like for me, honestly, like I didn't really watch, like, I mean, going back and watching it, the fight, like, in my head, I thought the first round was kind of close because he was hitting me a little bit, mm-hmm. which I knew was going to be a thing. I But I knew that I could take his shots, but I, I didn't think he could take my shots. So every time he would hit me, I would just keep walking forward, you know. Every time I hit him, you could kind of see him, like, walking back a little bit. But still, like, we traded some good shots in the first. So, um, so I, yeah, so I knew that I knew that he couldn't really hurt me, but yeah that was kind of the whole game plan was just to kind of pressure him and put him on the fence like that yeah when when i was watching the fight kind of one of my my thoughts was i was like man i, I wonder how much of the game plan was about keeping cameron on, on his back foot kind of hustling around um you know the end of, it, you know at the end of the first round I, I forget what the shot was you hit him but you could see it in his face i was like oh that's i mean i knew how the fight ended so i was like okay this is kind of the sequence of it but then the other thing there was a moment when you go back, you watch the fight. Uh, the action's going right to left. He he lands a right hand, and you kind of wipe it off. And it always it always had that look of like, damn it, man! <laughs> like, like it was almost like it's like it's like damn it, I should have. It, it, it had that look from as a viewer of like, like your mindset was like, damn it, I should have blocked that shot. Yeah, I mean, what he I know which one he's talking about. That was like the only one that kind of like I felt kind of by he hit me. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, in my head, that was the one where it's like I just took his best shot and it was, it was nothing, you know? And I think from that moment kind of flipped everything because I know he, too, that's kind of frustrating. You hit somebody with your best shot 
and then they just keep walking forward. They kind of just <laughs> smile at you. And I know that it's, it's hard, you know, as, as a person, you just hit somebody you're like, oh, that was a good one. And they just kept walking forward. And, and then me mentally, I knew that was my whole game plan. I knew that there wasn't anything really that I thought he was going to put me away with. Maybe his left kick. Because, you know, he finished a bunch of guys with that left kick. So I said, maybe he can put me away with that left kick. Because, you know, if you get hit in the body, it's body shots is hard to take sometimes, you know. Um, but when he hit me with that left hand, I said, "There's, I don't think he's putting me to sleep with that, hef, that left hand, you know. So it gave me more confidence to keep moving forward and put, like, put more pressure on him. And so I was like, okay, I'm okay to eat one if I'm going to give one back, you know. And the ones I gave back outpowered, you know, the ones that he gave me. You know, I did notice on Tapology that you had a previous opponent for this fight card. So, what was the uh, the time range in terms of when you got when you had the original opponent to then getting Cameron? Okay, so about I think right almost close to a month out before I got the Graves fight. Um, you know, I was talking to my coach and we're kind of going over you know what we're gonna do for the next opponent, and then we kind of realized that he trains out of Factory X. And at the time, Coach Montoya is the coach over there. And at the time, you know, Kraus was uh, coaching me. So they just agreed not to coach against each other. Like, that's just, like, one of their roles. Or, you know, like, you don't tr you don't fight your teammate, you know, kind of like they don't coach. Uh, what's it called? They don't coach against each other? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, you know, that's cool, whatever. And it was about a month out. I was like, that's plenty of time, you know. So uh, the promoter started throwing out names to me. And I guess, like... Not that he was, like, picking me fights, but, you know, he was – I guess they were saying, like, maybe I wasn't ready for, like, this fight because, you know, he had, like – he was 10 and 6, a lot of experience. I told the promoter, I said, I'm going to fight him eventually. I'm ready now, mm -hmm. you know. And he was supposed to face the guy I fought, the one I was matched up with originally. They were supposed to fight, yeah. uh, I think, a month prior. And my – like, that opponent missed weight. And I think that's why I ended up – was going to fight him in December. So he was available. And I was like, it just makes sense. And I'm ready. And I think that's a big name on the resume, you know, to beat him. He was a former Fury champ too. And um, I thought I was ready for this level of competition, especially all the people I trained with. And I just felt that I was ready that, you know, it's it's time. You had a, an Instagram post 12 days before this matchup uh, where you said uh, part of it was feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually ready for war. How do you put yourself in that mind frame? Um, you know, it, it kind of took me a while for me just to be, you know, mentally, you know, kind of grow up and just mentally be ready. Because, you know, when I started fighting, I was 17 years old. And, I, you know, I was so young, you know, I wasn't really taking it. Like, you know, everything's serious, you know, as far as, like, the eating. You know, I was still training and working out a lot, you know, but, like, even my sleep, I wasn't sleeping right. So I'm in high school, you know. I'll go to sleep at 2, 3 in the morning, you know. I eat whatever because, you know, I can. I got, you know, my metabolism's kicking. And so I think just over the years, just being able to find, you know, that point where it's, like, I feel that like I've grown, you know, mentally, physically. I've been, I'm still growing. I'm only 22. And just spiritually, just like being able to connect, you know, me and my relationship with, you know, God or my family, all those things that I feel like when you put everything together and it's good, then you get, you know, the finished product. But if you have, you know, if you're physically not there, but you're mentally there, you'll be okay. But just being able to put it all together and say, 
I feel that mentally I'm strong, physically I'm strong, spiritually I'm strong, and it, it just makes for a performance, you know, like Saturday when it really just all comes together. And in 2022, you go 3-0. As you think about this year as a martial artist, how would you describe it? Uh, man, it, it's, it's just a blessing. It, it's really a blessing, and um, – I wanted to fight more, honestly. The six months off was kind of like my longest layoff, which was good, though, because I needed time to, you know, figure out my life. You know, I, I was still going to school. You know, I still had college. I literally took a final, like, four days before the my fight, <laughs> you know. So I was just making sure that everything was in order. I was making sure that, you know, getting ready for this fight, that I'm training, you know, two, three times a day, every day. Just making sure my schedule and my time – Looking back, this has been one of the best years, but I just think there's more to grow. There's more to become better, bigger fights to happen now. You know, I think um, the way I ended this year just sets me up for a bigger next year. You know? What are you trying to get your degree in? Uh, sports administration, and then I'm minoring in uh, business administration. So, uh, so how, how are we balancing, you know, the, the school life of, of, you know, getting those degrees, but also putting in that daily grind in the gym? It's hard. <laughs> it's not easy, you know, and, um, you know, everyone has their own story. Everyone, you know, some people work and they have to work all day and then they got to go train, you know. Um, I'm blessed to be able to be in school. I know most people wish, you know, that they have a degree, you know. I just know that, you know, my life right now is fighting, but maybe in 20 years my life's not going to be fighting and I got to have a backup plan. I got to have something else to be able to fall on. So getting this education is super important for me, for other adventures or other ventures I want, you know, after fighting, mm -hmm. uh, balancing it, I'm doing as best I can. You know, <laughs> I try to make my schedule around my workout schedule. If I can, I talk to my teachers. I let them know. Cause this camp I was in, uh, Kansas city and I had a couple in-person classes, you know, and I just kind of talked to my teachers like, Hey, I'm training for my fight coming up. I'm not going to be in class, you know, for a month or two, you know, if, if there's anything I can do, and they, they legit, they told me, they said, uh, okay, you can be dismissed from not being in class, but you still have to take the classes in person. So I would be training, and if I had a test on Tuesday, i fly home from Kansas City Monday night, take the test Tuesday, fly back to Kansas City, go train, and then in my other class, if I had a test, I'd fly back for the tests and quizzes, and then get back to Kansas City and then get training. So, I mean, I had to do what I had to do. It's a lot, though, like. It's a lot for sure. Everyone knows what's going on in in Kansas City, Lee Summit, Missouri. Everyone knows. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have to go into that, but um, how sure. how has that how will that affect your training life in twenty twenty three? Um, I'm not sure. I think um, I didn't really discuss it much before this fight. I just wanted to, you know, win this fight mm -hmm. and sit down with you know my my dad. He's a real He's a big factor in everything I do. He's kind of like my little co-manager. Not really, you know, I'm with Iridium, but, you know, he's like my dad, my dadager, you know. Um, and I need to really just sit down and kind of just talk and see where it goes, you know. I mean, I have no idea, really, to be honest with you. I haven't thought, I haven't, I've thought about it, but I haven't mm -hmm, no. really sat down and figured out exactly, you know. I kind of wanted to just win this fight. All my focus was solely on this fight. And then I was going to, you know, relax a little bit, get ready for the holidays, get some cookies and milk, 
<laughs> for Christmas and then, uh, uh, you know, have a plan going into the 1st of January mm-hmm. and then get back to work, you know? I'm, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm ready to get back to work now, but um, it's nice to take a little time off too, a little bit. Like As you think about 2023 and the potential opportunities that are going to be there for you, I mean, for sure. is is Fury title maybe kind of one of those opportunities that, that's, I mean, because, you know, all your fights have been in Fury. Is that yeah. part of your mindset of like, it, like, I understand that, okay, it's about getting to the big show, you know, you know, for UFC, sure. Bellator, PFL, whatever it may be. But is part of you like, man, like my legacy is cemented in Fury that yeah I, I gotta i gotta finish this with the fury title before taking that next step or is this situation of like hey would love to get that fury title shot but if an opportunity comes hey, i'm taking that opportunity i mean i don't know if you heard my my post my post uh fight interview or whatever i was literally just yelling at eric to give me the belt i was like give me the belt eric i just beat a former fury champ the, you know, the guy who has the belt, he fought him, you know, and it was a split decision. You know, and for me, in my head, it only makes sense I should get the belt. But I get it. If you don't want to give it to me, I, I said, if you're not going to give me a belt, at least give me the main event. Like, make me the main event on every car. I sell out the whole arena. <laughs> already okay all right that's that's one of the things i noticed about the fight you're fighting a guy from houston he gets booed out of the building (laughs) and then then like the the funniest part for people who've not watched the fight is you got to watch when the cage announcer announces cameron's name the camera pans back to him and he just gives this oh wow yeah he did not like it no, I mean, but like, because I, okay, knowing the business side of regional MBA, I was like, ooh, that'd be a good commission. Oh, no, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. If to give to give a little insight, I think I sold about like $22,000 worth of tickets. Oh, wow, nice. That's 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 yeah. a, that's 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 a nice day at the office, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, and that's just the way my dad's seen it ever since I was 17. I've been selling that much since I was a kid. I mean, I have a lot of friends and, you know, from high school and, you know, my U of H friends and my fraternity and stuff. Um, but a lot of it's sponsors that really, you know, help and take care of everything. But the way my dad thought is that like, if you're going to get a percentage of stuff that you sell, we might as well sell as much as we can to get you as much, as much money as possible. I said, sounds good to me. <laughs> He's I, like, I, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've done play by play for like regional shows. And then when you're, um, I remember one that we were doing, um, the fires had to turn their money in on weigh-in day of all the tickets yeah. they sold. And I saw this one dude, he, I mean, like it wasn't like a regular mailing envelope. It was like a FedEx envelope, just full of cash. And, um, one of my guys I was there with me, he just looked at me, he goes, he's like, man, he goes, I don't know what his commission cut is. He goes, I'm telling you homeboys get a good payday. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that's the same, like, so, you know, my dad pre-sells all the tickets in advance. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you turn in money, like, when they turn in money on weigh-in days, I don't even have to show up because I've already, I've already paid, like, two months ago. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, and it's another thing that I really appreciate my dad for doing, too, because a lot of people are worried about selling tickets and stuff, like, the way, like, the the week of, you know, and my dad's like, I don't want you to worry about all that. You got enough to worry about. Yeah. You worry about your training and your school. 
I'll take care of all the rest. I'll take care of your tickets and this, you know, and it helps, you know, especially on wake cut week. You're so worried about cutting the weight. You're worried to make sure you're healthy and you're good and you just want everything to be perfect. And then you got people texting you, you know, like, do you have tickets still? It's like you could have got them three weeks ago, you know. <laughs> so it, it, it helps. It helps a lot, you know. Um, the less things you just have to worry about, it's, uh makes it easier to just be able to just go in there and just fight and have fun. Make so, weight. Yeah. Speaking of your dad, uh, was he was he at all critical of your performance? Oh no, dude, he was so happy. <laughs> he was happy. I mean, of course, of course. As soon as the fight ended, I you know I went back to his house, and I, he was already there when I got there, and he was already watching the fight. He watched it like three times. He's like, "Here, sit down, let's watch it." I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, like, Dad, right. can, can we not celebrate this a little bit? <laughs> I was like, all right, we can watch it. And, but and he was really watching it, not to be critical, but really just to be like, I'm proud of you, you know, and mm-hmm. like, I'm really, really proud of you. And um, and he didn't even talk about what I could have done better, you know. It's just really just like watching it, just like, you know, everything we've been practicing, you know, all like the the one on one training. I, you know, I'd have people come to my dad's house, and we have like a little backyard area, and I get one on one training, kind of like picking, you know, what shots, and he's just like, you know, just proud of you know the work that I put in for fighting and school you know because you know it's hard you know it's not easy so um yeah he wasn't too critical he'll probably be critical when I get home after three days it's been three days so he's probably you know time to get back to work you got to fix this this and this he did say head movement he said I need to move my head more that is one thing he did say which I agree I should not be getting hit but it's okay is that one of those things that like when you go back and you look at, at the fight I mean, obviously, you can look at the pros of, you know, what you did well. Like, hey, you know, forward pressure was something we, we you know, we went on this camp, we did that. But it, it for you, it's more about kind of just like those, you know, because like, I, I, like, I come from a football world, we call football game inventions. And I feel like MMA is yeah. the same type of way. I mean, you know, sure. punch, punch, could, punch could be an inch off and it's a glancing shot or if it's an inch other way, it's potentially a fight ending shot. Is that when you're looking at the fight, it's more of like these like very small, minute things that a lot of people just don't know, but it's like, that's the stuff that potentially eats at you. You know, when you, when you go back and watch the fight. Yeah, I think, um, fights for me really helped me pick out what I, that I'm not very strong at, you know, mm-hmm. like in practice, sometimes it's hard to get a read of, like, what you're doing wrong or what you're doing right because, you know, depending on who you go with, you can kind of just, yeah. you know, like, if someone's hitting you, you just take them down and wrestle them and then you win the round, yeah. you know, but you don't really, like, know why he's hitting you or, like, why this and this is happening in practice. So, like, when I watch my fights, I go back and I kind of get a sense of what I'm doing wrong, you know, and then the things that I do wrong in my fights, I go back to training and fix the things I was doing wrong in my fights. You know, so, like, I was getting hit a little bit too much. I wasn't really moving my head the right way. Or, like, instead of really moving my head, like, my feet weren't in the right spots to be able to slip Mm -hmm. and be off, you know. Um, That's kind of how I use my fights and how I like to watch them. Kind of just see what I'm doing wrong. Because at the end of the day, like, when you're fighting there, you you forget, you know. Stuff kind of goes all out the – through the roof, you know. You kind of just forget. You just kind of go in there and brawl. So, I like watching my fights and just proud of, you know – like executing you know the game plan like you said our game plan was a forward pressure and that's what i did and i was i'm proud of um you know i like to and also like i like to see what i do good too Mm -hmm. and keep getting better at what i do and be great at it you know like my forward pressure it 
it was really good. But now let's be great and trying to cut off angles and put them on the fence like I did in the first round, you know. So it, it goes both ways. It goes both ways for sure. Of course, uh, congratulations on the victory. As always, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know that you can find on social media. And of course, those sponsors that have been helping you out for this one. On Instagram, uh, my handle is underscore Michael Aswell MMA. Uh, all my sponsors, I mean, really, I want to shout out my family. My dad, you know, is always the biggest. My dad and mom, my biggest sponsor since I was a kid. You know, uh, my I know my uncle always takes care of me. I mean, there's, there's a lot of sponsors to shout out. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I can go to Michael Aswell MMA, and then uh, I'll shout out my sponsors on there, too. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is the man we had on the show earlier this year, and he is coming off the decision victory here this past Sunday at Fury FC Austin. Uh, congratulations on the victory. Uh, clear clear uh, decision victory for you, but uh, like, uh, what were your thoughts heading into the fight of, of how you thought it went, and were they different than they actually went down? Uh. They were a little different because, I, you know, I'm always going into the fight planning to get the finish. And sometimes, you know, you just, you just can't put these guys away. Like, sometimes you hit them with everything you've got. Like, I hit him with some serious leg kicks that normally would drop. Like, would after a while, would put anybody down. And he just kept on walking. He kept coming. He kept, he kept coming. I even caught him with some good, like, some good right hands that would normally – put most people down and he just kept on coming and it was it was tough because I really wanted that finish and he just he just wouldn't go away like it, he's one of those guys that just yeah, I couldn't put away yeah I mean there, there was a moment in the third round I want to say maybe like two minutes or so to go you dropped him and it look, kind of looked like maybe that finish was going to come was that just was there a moment in that fight where you were just like alright man this, this is going to be a 15 minute grind uh Somewhat through the third round, I started to think because I started to realize like, okay, he's not, like, he's not going, to, he's not going away. Like I was kicking him, kicking him, kicking him, kicking him, punching him, and he just, he just kept on coming. Like I seen it in his face, like he just had that look, like he wasn't going away. Uh, of course, uh, a clear victory for you. Um, you know, first round kind of a, a lot of work against the fence, and then you know, second, third round kind of you know a, a fight range. But man, those those low kicks. Um, I, the broadcast team was kind of commenting in the third round of like, "Hey, man, third round." It seemed you went away a little bit from the low kicks. Was, was there was that any particular reason why maybe, maybe that wasn't as as much of the, of the attack in that third round? Uh, my leg was compromised. I had injured my leg from like just throwing so many kicks. That eventually, like, I think he might have checked one of them and then, and then, like, I threw a kick after that and my leg was just, it was starting to shut down. Like, I, I had, the, I had the thought, like, if I would have threw another kick, like, my leg would have shut, shut down. Uh, in, in terms of how, how is the leg doing now? Uh, it's, it's still a little sore. Like, I'm still kind of walking with a limp, but it's, it's, it's getting better. You know, before this uh, fight happened, uh, two weeks before the fight, you put a, a post on, on your Instagram where you wrote, best damn heavyweight prospect in the U.S. I'm ready to put a stamp on that statement next Sunday, December 18th. Do you feel like you put that stamp out there? Um, I mean, had I got the finish, I definitely would have put the stamp on it. But since, I mean, it did go all three rounds, so I kind of feel I've Feel like I kind of disappointed myself and my team a little bit because you know everyone was expecting the finish and it didn't happen. So I mean, I still do feel like I'm the best prospect, 
So I just got to get back in there again and prove it again. You know, mention about your team there, Team Lima, the ATT uh, gym there uh, outside of Atlanta. You you posted about you. Uh, it was a picture of you and, and the entire team where you wrote last hard uh, push a fight camp and couldn't ask for a better group of guys to be grinding with straight killers and savages on the mats. No easy rounds, all hard work. So, uh, is there someone in particular in that gym that just kind of they they know how to push your right buttons? Uh, my boy Carl Williams, you know, he just got signed off the contender series a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. He's, he gives me work every week. And it's like, I, I always tell him like, cause he's, he's, he's a little older. And so I always make fun of him because I'm like, I always tell him like, you saw going to come testing you soon because he's, he's so strong for, I mean, like I know heavyweights are strong, but like, he's just so unnaturally strong that it's just like. I always make I always joke with him about it because I'm like I'm strong, but he makes me feel like I don't even lift. Like he'll just grab a hold and he'll just hold and squeeze and like I'm stuck and I can't do anything and it it it's it's annoying. But then again, I, I enjoy it because it just makes me get better. It is forces your, me to get better. Is your view of the fight of like? Fight night's the easy part because of who you're in the room with on the daily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would feel I would say well fight night is I mean it's still tough because you don't know what exactly you're going in there. Like when you're in the training room you, you see your training partners every day, like six, seven days out the week, so you kinda know by week four what you're what you're getting into when you go in there to train. But then when you go into a fight, it's a brand new person you've never been in the never been in a fight with or you've never been in a cage with, so it's a little it's a little different mentally. You know, in, in terms of and I've I've spoken to other heavyweights about this where they they talk about, you know, because there's such a wide range of weight you can be as a heavyweight. You could be, you know, 208 or you could be 265. And I remember Lit Vassell having this conversation with him and, and he said he goes, it took him some time to figure out the sweet spot the sweet spot of what the weight was for him to maximize performance. Have you figured out what that sweet spot is for you in terms of, of where you feel like from a weight aspect is where you're going to offer the, the best performance? Uh, I think for me, that sweet spot would be right around 265 because currently I have to cut weight to make heavyweight. So I'm normally cutting from like 290 almost. And I definitely start to feel that like, as the later rounds go on. So I feel like getting to about 265 where I don't have to naturally cut weight, yeah. I feel like that would be a sweet spot because I'm naturally a big dude. And I've been able to move around with like 250-plus pounds my pretty much my whole adult life. So I feel like that 265 is, is like the perfect spot for me. You know, in terms of like, like even back, back in high school, were you always kind of a, a, thicker, a thicker guy? Yeah, in high school, I was walking around at about 2.30, almost 2.40. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was big in high school, too. <laughs> in, in terms of kind of, you know, obviously 2022 was a great year for you. You go 3-0 three, three and o in MMA competition. You had two grappling uh, competitions as well. Um, like As you look ahead to 2023, what are some of the, the goals that you have set for yourself? Uh, my main goal is to get that UFC call. Like I'm, I'm waiting 
my management's telling me like, you know, I'm at the point now I'm five and oh that that call could come any day now. So that's my main goal is to get that call. So I'm just constantly training, staying in the gym, trying to get this weight back down. And then like just secondary goals is just keep keep fighting, keep it going going on going to six and oh, seven and oh. Even if Fury wants to offer me a heavyweight title fight, like I'm I'm open to I'm open to accepting that because I don't think they have a heavyweight champion at the moment. It's part of that mentality, and you mentioned about you know trying to keep your weight down low. Of just like, man, you know what, you know, Jason could call me at any any moment and say, "Hey, Austin, man, I got a fight for you. I got you in the UFC, but can you make two sixty five in in six days?" Is that part of the thought process of of kind of where you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, if he calls and says, "Hey, can you make two sixty five? I will do what I whatever I got to do to make two sixty five. Like, it's you know, I've cut from two ninety my past three February fights. You know, they haven't been fun, but I made it. So I'm like, if he gives me that call, like, hey, we got six days or seven day notice or whatever, can you make the weight? I, sh- I'll be there. Is that the one thing you dread about uh, that that final week? Is just more of that. All right, man. I got. I got to do this work. I get. Got to get in the sauna and get this weight off. Is is that maybe more the the stressful part of fight week for you? Oh man, it's the worst. Cause all like throughout the whole camp, I'm like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should not like you know, eat the way I sometimes I eat. Cause I'm like, I know it's just I'm just gonna have to pay for it on fight week. But then I'm like, I got three weeks. I got four <laughs> weeks. And I kind of pull it off up until fight week. And I'm like, I look down at the scale and I'm like, man. It's going to be a close one again. But, you know, my, my teammates, they always make fun of me about it. They're like, well, you've had, you know what I'm saying, six weeks. And, like, they always make fun of me about it. But, you know, I, it's what I like. I choose to do because I, I enjoy it. You know, it's I, I feel like it's part of the process. But I am going to start being smarter about the weight cut because I it has starting to – like, it does take an effect on me in the fight and – like just leading up to the fight. Like I'm not fully focused on the fight. I'm focused on trying to make the weight. So I, I, I have to start being a professional and taking it serious. So obviously it's been now a couple of days. Uh, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm sure you've, you're probably enjoying some of those uh, finer food products that maybe you, you can't indulge in during fight camp, but is there like a go-to uh, food item that's like, okay, man, fight's over. I, I'm, I'm going to indulge myself in this. Oh man, it's uh I've been having a crave lately for chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Like, that's been – I'll mess up some chocolate chip cookies. But so, like, I've kind of given myself, like, okay, you got this week. You can kind of enjoy, like, just eating whatever you want. Trying to keep it moderate. I was like, next week, we're getting back on the diet again. I hit up my meal prep sponsors. I told them we're back on the diet again. I got I to gotta start on this early. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Congratulations with Victory. Have a, a great Christmas holiday. Of course, uh, let me know they can find you on social media. And, of course, those sponsors that have been helping you out. Okay, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. I don't really post on that much, but it's all at the bodyguard underscore AG. And you can check out my sponsors. I got my sponsor, First Form. Uh, you can check out my sponsor, my meal prep sponsor, Macro Meals. For you, my other sponsors, uh, A&S Quick Keys, they handle all your locksmith needs, stuff like that. 
my uh and my main sponsors lux jewelers celebrity jewelers they can get all your jewelry anything you need and shout out to my teammates and there you have my conversations with Damon Jackson, Richie Miranda, Michael Aswell, and Austin Green. I appreciate all four of those men giving some time to talk to me about what uh, about either A, their most recent win, or in Damon's aspect, this fight coming up there on January the 14th, UFC Vegas 67. Of course, uh, that's going to be the fight car that's headlined by uh, I'm Evolve and Gastelum. So I'll uh, be uh, you know, looking forward to, of course, you know, we got now a couple weeks with no UFC, of course, coming up uh, this upcoming week. We've got the Bellator and Ryzen event. Of course, if you listen to the last episode of the Ameriport podcast, I did let you hear a little bit from Scott Coker and what uh, Scott did say during the virtual press conference that he had with Saki Abara promoting that event. Uh, you know, the only unfortunate thing about that event is I, I really wish it was airing live. You know, the ability to see that one live because unfortunately when it's going to air live here in the United States will be during the second college football uh playoff game so as you know I'm, I'm a football guy so uh and uh i'm sure i'm guessing by the time um the the fight card actually airs on showtime we'll probably already know the results and maybe give us an indication of whether we need to tune in there but i'm definitely dvr and i'm gonna watch it and you know as i said on, on last wednesday's podcast is that I did feel like it seems to be a lot of optimism from the media about this. And maybe a lot of that optimism has to do with it being a co-promotion event and maybe to kind of see, you know, how much uh, people are going to get excited for it, that one. But, uh, uh, of course myself and Dan, we're going to talk about more about that Bellator rising card on the midweek edition of the podcast. So be sure to be on the lookout for that later on this week. Uh, myself and Dan, we're actually going to record that on Tuesday. So that'll drop in, in your podcast feeds and on YouTube on uh, early Wednesday morning. So uh, right when you wake up, you can catch that. And of course, uh, uh, of course, hopefully everyone's having a, a great holiday weekend. Of course, this show is dropping here on Christmas. Uh, well, just being honest, with you, I'm recording this a couple days before Christmas. So hopefully everyone has a, a great Christmas holiday. Uh, New Year's coming up. Hopefully uh, stay safe. Ha- have a good time uh, there with your, your friends and family. I, I know uh, this week I'm looking forward to, I'm going over to uh, the cheese it bowl over there or in Orlando to catch my, Knowles take on uh Oklahoma buddy Mike he's a he's a huge Oklahoma fan so uh myself my wife him his wife and another couple were who are also FSU people are, are all going over to that game so looking forward to uh hanging out and look if you're in Orlando you're gonna be in the cheese bowl hit me up on social media maybe we can uh let's let's just say I got a hotel room in Orlando so uh Adult beverages will be consumed. So maybe if you're uh, in Orlando, maybe you can go to Cheese It Bowl. Hit me up on, on social media and uh, we can definitely uh, connect for a drink. But that is going to do it for this edition of the MMA Report Podcast. Of course, as always, appreciate you taking time out of your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast. Of course, new episodes come out two times a week. I'll be back later on in the middle of the week as myself and Daniel are going to preview Bellator versus Rising.